this is Norman. Welcome to Run With Horses. to run with horses today Susan is joining me again and we're talking about marriage and our topic is communication hello that was really good communication I thought so good so communication is really really important when we think about relationships because without communication can you have a relationship without communication of some kind hmm I wouldn't think so hmm Maybe there's an exception, but I can't think of one. You need communication of some kind to have a relationship. So that is the foundation that we build on, or it's the tool that we use to build relationships. So it is so important. Um, I believe by the time you listen to this, it should have been Monday that a podcast came out where I uh, quoted from the book Shepherding a Child's Heart. And in that book, it he talked about communication and talking uh, with your children versus talking to them. And it, I think that's true in all relationships. We have a default where you just want to talk to people. We want to communicate our ideas, and we're not so concerned with the other half of that, which is listening and uh, dialogue versus monologue. So uh, for me, and the one of the key things to understand about communication is that it goes both ways. So as we talk about communication and we think about talking, but maybe the more important part of that is listening. Mm. Um, and I know I'm not the best at that always, particularly when I'm distracted or stressed and things like that, as Susan can attest to. Well, I've also been told that I multitask a little bit too much. So then um, somebody's talking and I'll just go off and get something. And I'll be like, I'm still listening, you know, but I'm out of the different room. So, yes, I'm guilty of that, too. So you had some ideas for communication, some thoughts. Yes. Um, Well, obviously, well, maybe not obviously. We live in a foreign country, so um, you you come as an adult to another country and you think, oh, I can communicate very well, but then you're learning another language and all of a sudden you talk like a two-year-old and people look at you funny or laugh at you and it's very difficult. But... Over time, in practice, you can get better, and actually, communication is a skill that can be learned, I think, and uh, listening, too, you can learn how to do that better or practice it, but I was thinking that as people get married, we have some drastic cultural differences just from your family, my family, you know, how you were raised, and what part of the country, and where I was, and you, the couples bring those things to the marriage, and I think when you both are born in the same country, you might overlook those things, but they really do bring some, you know, level of difficulty or challenge to a relationship. I mean, just <clears throat> even how you talk about things or the acts, not accent, um, tone of voice or I don't know, my rambling. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think we learn a lot about communication from our families, uh, the family that we're raised with. So some families communicate um, 
loudly, so the the volume is louder, or the way is more um, volatile, perhaps. Yeah. And some families are quieter. Uh, some communicate better non-verbally, or they have a lot more uh, non-verbal communication than other families, where it's all verbal and very explosive. And right. um, so we do learn something about communication from our families. But I, I wanted to bring up one of the things you mentioned in there. It's communication is something we can learn and practice. Mm-hmm. So when we think about practicing communication, what do we mean by that? How can you practice communication? We understand that in the context of learning a new language, uh, you go out and you just try new things that you studied from a book or mm-hmm. you know things that you've heard, and you're just attempting it. But what do you mean by practicing in the context of a relationship? Hmm, good question. Well, like for listening... I think just forcing yourself to shut up and listen to actually what they're saying and not be formulating your answer or what the next thing you want to talk about is. I mean, some of it is just denying yourself and just really cueing into what the other person is saying. So, I mean, that's one way to practice. Um, I suppose for communicating, talking, sometimes you might try, hey, I want to tell my spouse this bothers me and you try one method and it doesn't really go over well so then you think about it a little more and the next time you have something you can try a different route or a different way of approaching it or a different time I know my mom um, found out the hard way or (laughs) taught us taught me it when I was younger about timing when you have to tell something to your husband like my husband my dad would go away to work and come home at five o'clock or whatever and be tired and she found out you don't tell them oh I ruined the car as soon as he walks in the door (laughs) so timing can be an issue too and that's a thing to learn about yeah that's true um for communication and the idea of practicing it, I know in some of our uh, marriage counselings, I've tried to help other people, particularly guys, learn how to communicate with their wives. I'll ask them to think about what you want to communicate. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we're communicating and we don't, we're not actually intentional about communicating anything. So mm-hmm. to be aware that you are always communicating, what are you communicating? So quite often in marriage counseling, the problem is that there's a problem. <laughs> um, the, there's not good communication. So to ask the guys, uh, what are you communicating? What do you want to communicate? And many would say, well, I, you know, I love my wife. I, I do care for her. Well, does she know that? How do you communicate that? Mm-hmm. And uh, some guys would go, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So that's something you can learn. You can study. There are books like The Five Love Languages. Or uh, I told uh, one guy, I said, you should just ask your wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like she's very um, articulate. She's able to explain herself well. Just ask her, what what would help you? If I want to express that I care about you, mm-hmm. how do you feel cared for? What makes you feel loved? Mm-hmm. Ask her. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then try to do things. And even if you don't feel comfortable asking, just to think about who your wife is, who your husband is, how do they, what do they like, what do they not like, what do they do, what do they not do? How might they understand my words, my actions? Because when we think about communication, it's not all words. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that is nonverbal communication, the way that we do our routines around the house with a, a, 
uh, different attitudes. Um, so to think about intentionally, I'm, I'm communicating something. Am I communicating what I intend to communicate? Or mm-hmm. quite often the problem with men is that we're not thinking about it at all. We're thinking about something else that we're trying to accomplish. So we're very goal oriented. And the goal is not to um, communicate effectively with our wife. The goal is to accomplish some other task. So the communication with our wife is a byproduct um, and quite often a negative one because we're just not even aware that we're communicating. So the first step for many people who have trouble in this area of their marriage is to be aware that you're always communicating. What do you want to communicate? What do you intend to communicate? You have more grace to communicate poorly um, occasionally when you're regularly trying to communicate well. Um, People understand your, your intentions are good, your heart's there. Sometimes you're distracted and you don't communicate well. You don't communicate what you intend. But if you're regularly trying, that certainly gives you um, a little bit of extra grace when you need it later when you do poorly. <laughs> right. I like how you said, you know, you can just talk and ask, what what do you like or what do you prefer or what makes you feel loved? I was thinking of that too. Like sometimes after you might have a blow up or something, when you're thinking a little more rationally, maybe several hours later or the next day, you can talk together about it. Like, now, why did that upset you? And just talk about things like that. Or, you know, when you say, when you seem like there's something wrong with you, and I say, hey, how are you? And you say nothing, or, you know, is there something wrong? And you say, no, then what do you really mean by that? Or what do you want me to do when you say that? Because obviously, something's wrong. So I mean, asking some of those things at a later time, I think could be very helpful. Or even like when something happens, maybe your spouse does something and just really bothers you. And another time you can come back and say, hey, look, you know, when you did that, I really didn't like that. And then that's a way of communicating without it being all emotional and becoming a fight. But those things are very good at communicating, you know, your heart feelings that's a good idea to come back at a time when it's not so emotional to talk about those things. And one of the problems is we don't often have, or a lot of couples don't have a time when they regularly talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've incur- encouraged several men that I know that seem to struggle with communication with their wife. You should try to set up a time just every day where you're going to talk, whether you feel like you need to or not. Uh, mm-hmm. She probably does. <laughs> Even if you don't feel like there's anything that you need to talk about. Uh, if there's not, uh, Make something up. You know, there's a there's always something that you could talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, just ask how their day was. Share how yours was. Um, but to have regular conversation that's not based around a problem or a need gives you a time when you know you're going to talk regularly. So you can kind of make a mental note to come back later and say, hey, we had this problem yesterday. Now's our regular scheduled time. There's no problem mm-hmm. today. Let's just go back and revisit the issue or whatever the problem was yesterday. So that having uh, ongoing regular conversation, uh, times when you're talking without having a purpose, is very helpful. It kind of lays a a foundation for talking about more important things. Mm -hmm. You learn how your wife communicates, how your husband communicates, and that's practicing communication when there's there's nothing at stake. Right. And it shows that you care about this relationship and you want to hear what how her day was or whatever I was thinking too there's like levels of communication and I kind of split it up in my own mind I probably read it someplace too but you know you have the acquaintance level where you just have surface talk small talk and then you have what roommates might 
do, oh, today I'm going here, or I'll be gone for supper, or, you know, just something like that. And you have more friends where you, oh, hey, I went to the mall and I bought this and I want you to give more information and you share your experiences. But then a little bit deeper than that, and I think that's our goal as a married couple, would be to reveal your heart, your thoughts, your fears, your feelings and disappointments, maybe even some of your sins, and be able to discuss things that are closer to what you really think and feel and I mean, that takes a level of trust and um, transparency that you can't, or most people don't give, just super easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely the goal is to communicate deeply and well. Um, and I think the more frequency helps with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, frequency gives you a foundation of how do we communicate how do we misunderstand each other? Right. What are problems we might have so that when you have something that is important that you need to talk about, you have a foundation to build on. You've learned how we communicate, how we misunderstand each other. So you know what some of the dangers might be. We know how we talk about certain things. So uh, it helps you to have that foundation of frequent communication when you need to have hopefully very, very infrequent conversation about something that is more um, has more potential for damage to the relationship or something that needs to be fixed or worked on or that's just more important even if it's mm-hmm. not directly to do, to do with the relationship it's about something with the kids or something with uh, the community or something but it is important you have a foundation for talking about it well yeah I think it one thing this is a different topic maybe but um, when we first got married I had to realize you can't read my mind. I just kind of, I think I get used to being around sisters or people that, women that I knew really well, and we pick up on each other's facial expressions a little easier maybe, or the more you know somebody, it's like that. But for getting married, I think guys miss a lot of that, at least you do. <laughs> and, um you know, I, I I would hint even sometimes, but I think I've realized, you know, yeah, hinting probably doesn't do so well. Maybe after 20 years, you probably do catch on some of those things. But I had to realize, you know, early on, like, he, 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 he can't just, you know, read my thoughts. So it was helpful to me to know, all right, if I want this garbage to be taken out, I need to say, hey, will you please take out the garbage? Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm not a mind reader, and most guys are not. And it's true for the women, too, not mind readers. So to communicate what we're thinking is really, really important. Right. We all make mistakes at that, where we just, we've thought about something, and we've thought about it long enough and deeply enough that we just assume that everybody knows now, but we actually haven't mentioned it to anybody else yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and when people talk about communication in a scholarly way or in an educational way, they always talk about, you know, the receiver and the speaker and how, you know, you say what you were thinking or you think you said what you were thinking and then what the other person thinks they hear and what they actually heard, you know, sometimes it's not always clear. So I think we have to keep that in mind, too, that sometimes what we think we said, we didn't really communicate very well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as we're getting older and our hearing is not quite as good, we're having, <laughs> <What? lots> of, <laughs> we're having lots of issues where what uh, what you said and what I heard are not yeah. even in the same ballpark. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So when you think about communication, what passages of Scripture would you 
you know, glean a lot of information from or where, where would you turn to? I suppose the, uh, I, I think of Paul as a great communicator. So things like uh, several of his sermons where he adjusted the way he spoke to the audience. Mm. Um, I think that's important to realize we're talking about communication in the context of a marriage, but you also have communication maybe at work or with different people Mm -hmm. um, to realize that you can't talk with your wife the way you might talk to your buddy at work. Uh, It's a different audience, different purpose. And I think uh, Paul had the same message. You have the truth that you need to communicate, but the way that he communicated it was different. Uh, And I think that's a good thing to take away in all of our relationships. Every person that you talk to, and it's maybe easier to see if you think about uh, children. You have a five-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 25-year-old. You're going to talk to them a little bit different, even if you're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. When you say clean up your room to a five-year-old and a 25-year-old, you're probably talking about something a little bit different. Um, when you say I need help in the yard, again, a five-year-old and a 15-year-old, you're probably talking about something different. Um, but there's still a, a truth that's communicated, but the way that you communicate it is different. So to, re- to realize that your marriage relationship uh, requires you to communicate differently is probably a, a uh, important new truth for a lot of men to understand. You haven't had to communicate in the way that you do with your wife with probably anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some people do with their parents, but I think a lot of people had poor relationships with their parents, didn't have siblings, so they haven't really communicated well or deeply with anybody. And then they get married and go, oh, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Well, it is different. It's communication. You use words. You use the same language. But the way that you do it is di- different. And I think um, that's just important to recognize. And if you grasp that, then you realize, hey, I can, I can study. I can learn. I can practice a different kind of communication. It makes more sense, that idea of practicing it thinking about a new language, it is kind of a new, a new language, right. and it is something you can learn and grow at, but it does take effort too, and you, it starts with being aware that I probably need to grow in this area. Mm-hmm. I was thinking too, um, as a husband trying to relate to his wife, um, maybe he figures out, okay, I can communicate in this way to her, but then suddenly, in a certain time of the month, she's not responding the normal way that she normally would. So I think with the women's emotions and um, ups and downs that we have, that sometimes how you respond or how you talk to the wife can change during like a low time or um, when they're a little bit more emotional or sensitive. So those things make it more challenging, I'm sure, for the guy. Sorry. No comment. (laughs) He's a smart man. What can I say? Well, it's interesting that you would pick Paul and his communication, things like that, because that is not at all what I would have said. Um, I was thinking like Proverbs has a lot to say about our tongue or our speech, our lips. I mean, there are a couple of the chapters that are say a lot about that. Or else I think of James 3. It's like, why do we have fighting? It's because we want different things and selfish. Or Ephesians 4 is also, you know, like, be angry and don't sin. Don't go to bed angry. Um, speak to each other. I don't know. Is that where it talks about speaking the truth in love or things like that? But those are good passages too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a lot about 
both the content and how we speak in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an important topic. I mean, all of our information that's transmitted, all of our relationship is built on this foundation of communication. So whether you do it well or whether you do it poorly, it's something that's worth continuing to try to grow in that area. So certainly I want to continue to grow as a communicator, both in the marriage and in the church and in the community. And hopefully uh, all of you do too. Actually, I was just thinking, um, you know, God is the ultimate communicator. I mean, he's given us his word, but also nonverbal things such as um, nature and things that we see around us. Um, And just the fact that Jesus is called the word of God, I mean, that's the ultimate um, Mm. communication from him. And so he is uh, the best model for that that he desires to reveal himself to us, and um, he wants our communication back, too, in prayer. Good. Awesome. All right, until next time, communicate well. If you've enjoyed this podcast, find us on Facebook and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you.